Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. All right. Well, good morning. I told Pastor Jeff I wanted to come out with a big fireworks show, like Roman candles in each hand, shooting them in the... They only approved the sparkler. So, sorry, that's... You'll have to do your own artillery stuff tomorrow. Um, so, welcome to Stockbridge Community Church. My name is Brandon Keller. No, I'm not the pastor. I am just uh, filling in today, so so happy to be here. I've been at this church for about 11 years now. I serve up in the tech booth running sound and lights. I also am the youth director working with the teenagers here every Sunday night, um, and I'm also going to get to talk to you today. I also, when I'm not at church 10 to 20 hours a week, I also am the operations manager of an international company, so this isn't like my full-time gig. I actually have a real career outside of this, but when I'm not at that career, I try to spend as much time as possible here at church. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about God's will for your life, because that's one of the questions you asked in the You Ask For It series is, what is God's will for my life? Because I don't think this is it. The spot I'm in right now, I don't think this is it. So I'm going to tell you about how I discovered God's will for my life, and maybe it'll kind of help you figure it out for yours as well. So let me back up a little bit. Many, many years ago, I lived in California. I was going to high school there. Uh, I did not grow up going to church. Um, I was not in the Bible Belt. California is the exact opposite of the Bible Belt. And so I didn't grow up going to church or anything. I wasn't a believer. Really, by the time I got to high school, I was probably more of a a declared atheist where I would like, like, to, like to argue with people about there being a God and, and all of that. And then my senior year, I started dating this girl named Tawny. And we started dating, and she grew up in the Lutheran church. And so she kind of started telling me about church a little bit, but I wasn't really interested, and she didn't push it too hard or whatever. Well, fast forward six years after that, and Tawny and I were getting married. And that's my wife, Tawny Keller, that a lot of you probably know today. Um, Six years after we started dating, we got married. We went to her pastor of the Lutheran Church to do premarriage counseling. And I still remember he was very clear about something. He's like, you guys need to find a church that you can call your own. And it doesn't matter what denomination it is. Just find a place where you feel like you belong. And that was kind of weird to me because I thought, you know, from what I knew of churches that you're supposed to tell people to go to your denomination of church, right? If you're a Baptist, you go to Baptist church. If you're, you know, you're Lutheran, you go to Lutheran church. If you're Methodist, you go to Methodist church. So him just saying, find a church where you feel like you fit in and go there. As long as they believe in the Bible, go there. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's pretty cool. So Tony and I started really looking for churches. We moved to Reno uh, where we were going to school and work. And we were looking for churches, but we never really felt a church where we felt connected. And so we tried, but we just never felt that connection. And so, as I think about connection, I think of Genesis, God says it's not good for man to be alone. And so, obviously, we needed that connection that we just weren't feeling like we were getting. 
And so at this church, we actually have what we call the core four, and I think there's one in your bulletin today, your program today, and it's connect, grow, serve, and share. And that's number one on your outline today, too, is connect. Because I think that's so important to finding God's will for your life is to connect with other people. And I think a lot of times that is God's will for our life is to find those right connections and connect with those people. Because what I found is that I don't feel, to me, God speaks directly to me. I feel like God speaks to me through people. So if I, if I have the right people around me, God can speak to me through those people. And so when I was growing up, I had lots of different groups of friends, and, and I still have different groups of friends, but when I was in college, I felt like I had very distinct groups of friends. I had friends that I went to school with, like college buddies. Then I had work friends, because I was working at the same time as I was going to school, so I had work friends. And then I had some friends that I, I rode motorcycles with, uh, dirt bikes and stuff. And then I had friends that I worked on cars with. And then, because I lived in Reno, Nevada, I had friends that I went drinking and gambling with. So I had like these five or six different groups of friends. They didn't really intermingle, though. They were very distinct groups of friends. But then I look back, I'm just like, probably not the best groups of friends I could have chosen, you know, because you got to be careful about those friends that you choose because there's some bad stuff out there. And I think we're all designed to have those connections with other people. We're just not sure sometimes how to get those connections. And I think that's why social media is so popular, is that people feel like they have a connection. If you follow some movie star on Twitter, you feel connected to that person. They have no idea you exist, but you feel connected because you saw a picture of their baby and where they went on vacation. So you feel connected to those people, even though it's not a real connection because it's only a one-way thing. But you have to be careful about who you connect with because bad company will corrupt good character, right? The Bible tells us that. And so, have you guys ever heard the, the idea or the philosophy of you're the average of your five closest friends? There's this philosophy out there that if you look around you like your five closest friends in your circle, you'll end up kind of being in the average of that. How much they make, how many kids they have, their age, kind of, you know, do they live in a not big house, a small house, you kind of end up in the average of that. So if I look at my five closest friends, I'm right there in the average of all those things. Some things higher, some things lower, but really in the average of that whole thing. So you have to be careful about who you surround yourself with with these connections, because if you're around the wrong people, you know, you're, it'll pull you down as part of that average. So you've got to make sure you're surrounding yourself and connecting with the right people. Speaking of that, I'm looking for a millionaire to join my group of friends because I'm trying to raise the bar a little bit. So if any of you have a million bucks in the bank, see me after service, you can join my circle of five friends. Hopefully raise our whole group. Uh, just bring your W-2. I'm going to need some proof. Um, but it's so important that we have wise friends around us. In, in Proverbs 11:14, it says this. It says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So if you have some good, wise friends, they will help you make good decisions and help you discover God's will for your life. But like I said, you've got to be careful about who you go to and when you, you're looking for wisdom like that because if, if you're married and you're having problems in your marriage, don't go to a single person and ask for advice. They're not wise in the areas that you need wisdom in. You're not going to get good wisdom by going to a single person to ask for marriage advice. 
If you're struggling with money, don't go to your broke buddy at work that you know, doesn't have two nickels to rub together. You need wisdom from somebody that has money and has done well. That's where you find that wisdom. So just be careful about who you connect yourself with. So kind of back to my story. So Tani and I were trying out these different churches, and we were in Reno, and we moved back to California, then we moved back to Reno again, because our family was originally in California, and so we moved back and forth a couple times, and we're trying to find a church where we felt connected, and we just couldn't find it. And then about 11 years ago, I got promoted with my job, and we moved out here to Georgia. And after we'd been here a few weeks, Tani's like, hey, we're here now, let's start looking for a church. Here they call that church shopping. I had never really heard that term, but there's so many churches that you can shop for a church. And so we were going to start church shopping. And so our neighbors, the Colthrops, we got to know them and did some barbecues with them and stuff. They're like, hey, we go to a church up the street. It's called Stockbridge Community Church. You should come check it out. So they invited us to church with them, and we came here. We never went to another church. We were going to church shop, but we felt so connected when we got here that we never felt the need to go check out another church. In fact, the Colthorps left the church about a year later and moved down the street. But we never left because we already had already felt so connected to so many people here. And as I look out at the audience here, I know a lot of you have had that same experience where you showed up here not really expecting a lot, but you felt so connected with people that now you call this your church home because you're just connected here. And so if you want to surround yourself with good people to discover God's will for your life, church is obviously a great place to do that. So are connect groups. You can join a connect group, hopefully get somebody to help connect you with God's will for your life. So what if you're sitting there and you're like, well, this is great, Brandon. You're talking about the five friends and I'm the average of them and, you know, getting wisdom. But I'm surrounded by a bunch of dummies, right? Because maybe you're, you know, maybe you're looking around and you're like, oh, my friends are all kind of dummies. Um, they haven't made a lot of good decisions. I know I've had those friends in my past. So how do, I, how do I get wisdom? Well, you could try reading the Bible instead. There's tons of wisdom in there. When I'm looking for wisdom, I usually start in Proverbs. There's a ton of wisdom. Just read Proverbs every single day. When you finish, just start over and read it again. There's 31. You can do it every day for a month and just start over again. There's so much good wisdom. So if you're looking for wisdom and your friends aren't providing it, maybe start with the Bible. Maybe that'll provide you some wisdom that you need. So number two on your outline if you're reading your Bible and you're connecting with others, naturally you're going to do number two, which is share your faith. Now I say naturally because it should be natural because it's kind of what we're designed to do. It's kind of, you know, you share what's exciting to you. So if God's working in your life, you're kind of sharing that with others and explaining to people what's happened in your life and all that. But as Christians, we're not supposed, it's not supposed to just be a suggestion. It's, it's, it's the Great Commission. As they say in, in Matthew 28, Jesus called it the Great Commission that we're supposed to go out and, and share our faith with other people. And this is what it says. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." But you have to look for active opportunities to share your faith with people. And it's difficult. It, maybe it's not difficult for you, but honestly, it's really difficult for me. It's something I struggle with. It's like, yeah, I'm up here talking to you guys today, but you get me like one-on-one -on -one like at the gas station or something, and I'm not like sharing my faith with the guy at the pump next to me, right? So, but you have to look for opportunities to share your faith with people because 
God has given you a very specific story, and God's going to put into your life people that need to hear your very specific story in order to change their life. You may think your story has no significance. You're like, I grew up in church. I've always believed, you know, how's that going to make anybody's life different? God is going to put people in your life that need to hear your very specific story. So don't be afraid to share your faith with other people when you get the opportunity. So we've kind of covered that, you know, you should definitely share your faith. You should, you should read the Bible. That'll help you grow, which is one of the core four. You know, you should connect with others. The next thing you really should start doing, and this is going to sound funny, is number three is you need to stop searching. Stop searching. And I'm going to hit this first as, as it hit me. Eleven years ago, before I came to this church, I was an atheist. I was argumentative about God. And I was searching for something. I didn't know exactly what it was. I was looking for happiness, contentment, you know, love, money. You know, I was just, I felt like I needed something. I didn't know exactly what it was. So I was like, wherever I could try to find that thing, I was, I was hoping that would be the thing that gave me contentment or happiness or whatever. And so I, I was just searching everywhere looking for that thing. And I couldn't seem to find it no matter, where I, no matter where I looked. And now, on the other side of that, I kind of look back and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. If you look at Jeremiah 29, 11, which is our memory verse this week, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I spent a lot of years looking, not realizing that God had a plan for me. I was looking everywhere I could, and, and I kept looking in all the wrong places. In fact, when we were living in Reno, I actually ordered a copy of the Koran and had it sent to the house because I thought maybe I could find something in the Koran. Everybody was talking about it. It was popular at the time. And then I looked into Kabbalah because there was like movie stars like Madonna doing Kabbalah. I'm like, oh, I'll check into that. Now, my Christian wife, Tawny, was not stoked when this stuff starts showing up at the house. But I grew up in kind of a, a household that made me hypocritical towards Christians. So I wasn't looking for that thing in Christianity. I was looking for it anywhere else, including these other religions. But I couldn't find what I was looking for. So then I tried trying to find that contentment and happiness and stuff. I don't know if anybody here likes to collect stuff like I like to collect stuff. But... You know, I'm buying cars, new car every year or so, and new dirt bikes, and new computers, and video games, and cell phones, and just whatever I could find, I was buying stuff, just collecting stuff over and over and over again. In fact, I was one of those guys, and I, I can still be that guy sometimes, so I'm not careful, where like every week I wanted to start a new hobby. I'm not sure here if anybody else likes to start hobbies, but it's like every hobby you want to start requires some investment in the initial stuff. It's like, $500 to get started. So it's like, I'm going to take up archery. Okay, I'm going to need a bow. I'm going to need some arrows. I'm going to need some backdrop. I'm going to need all this. Oh, I'm going to take up golf. Oh, I'm going to need some clubs. I'm going to need that. Oh, I'm going to, you know, take up basket weaving. I'm going to need this stuff. Whatever it is, there's always like this investment of stuff that you got to start with. And so I kept gathering up all this stuff, thinking I'm going to find this contentment that I'm looking for and all this stuff. And I just couldn't find it. I don't know if any of you have looked back on your life and realized you were trying to find contentment by stuff. 
But all I found through all that stuff was debt. Lots and lots of debt. And those of you, some of you have heard our story of we went through financial peace and got out of debt because we had a ton of it from me looking for contentment and stuff. And I can tell you that debt is not God's will for your life. I can guarantee you that. That is not God's will for your life. Proverbs says, the borrower is slave to the lender. That is not God's will for your life to be in debt. And so people like me at the time that don't believe in God can spend a lot of time and effort looking for contentment and happiness and fulfillment in stuff because we don't realize that we are designed to find that contentment and happiness in one thing. And that's a relationship with Jesus. That's where I finally found that that feeling that I needed. So I started coming to this church with my wife as a non-believer just to support her, and we had kids, and so I'm like, yeah, the kids should grow up in church because that sounds good, but not really for me. And then I, I met these men at this church that started speaking into my life. And I started reading the Bible some, and at the time I even was like going to the gym with Pastor Jeff, and he was slowly speaking to this ignorant, dumb guy that didn't believe in God and just kind of slowly speaking into my life. And what I realized is that I needed to just stop searching long enough that God could speak to me. Because I was so busy searching for fulfillment and contentment that God couldn't speak to me to tell me that he could give me that fulfillment and that contentment that I was looking for. And in 2 Peter 3.9, it says this, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And repentance really just means sorrow and, and regret for kind of what you've done and maybe turning away from that old life. And I'm so thankful that God showed patience towards me over that 30-something years that I was a rebellious idiot and, and was finally able to, once I stopped searching and slowed down and found this church where people could speak into my life, where I connected with others, and I started to grow by reading, he was able to change my heart. And I feel like today there's probably some of you out there that are in that same spot today, where you've been searching and you've been searching and you've been searching, you're not sure why you came today, or you're not sure how many times you've been here, but you just keep searching, and I'm telling you, Stop searching and let God just change your heart because that's what he's trying to do. So if you guys would do me a favor, just bow your heads really quick. I want to pray. God, today, I know there's somebody here, God, that, that needs to turn away from their old ways. God, that they've spent so much time searching through stuff and bad relationships, just trying to find that contentment. And God, we know you're just waiting there with open arms for them. God, if there's somebody here today that needs to change their life by asking you to be the Lord of their life, God, I ask that they just quietly sit in their chair and just say to themselves, me too. God, let somebody's life be changed today because they've stopped searching long enough for you to change their heart. Let their life be changed the way mine was changed 11 years ago when I found that contentment I was looking for in a relationship with you. God, I'm just so thankful for somebody that went from death to life today because of that. In your name we pray. I said, amen. If you decide you need to make that decision today, later there's going to be some prayer partners up front. You can come and talk to them about it. You can mark it on your connection card that you've made that decision today. 
But let me tell you something. Searching, I was searching a lot before I became a Christian, but I've been a Christian now for 10 years or so, and as I look around the church and I deal with church people all the time, because like I said, I'm here 10 or 20 hours a week usually, I find that a lot of Christians are still searching as well. And I'm not sure what they're looking for. Maybe they grew up in church and so they've just become kind of complacent in what they're doing. But it seems like they're just still looking. They're looking for that, that perfect church. Maybe they're church hopping all over the place. Maybe you're church hopping all over the place. Maybe you're looking for that perfect connect group. So you've signed up for seven connect groups this semester, hoping one of those will be the one that you find that connection in. You know, maybe you're just looking for, you know, whatever that is, that perfect soulmate in your life. So you're at home on farmersonly.com looking for that soulmate. You know, whatever it is, you're still searching. And so I find Christians continue to keep searching and they're trying to find something and, and they're trying to figure out God's will for their life and they're like, why, God? Why am I in this spot? Why did this happen to me? You know, why did that happen? And, and I think it's one of those things where we're just never satisfied. Whatever it is, right? We hear people say, I'm not growing. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just not being fed. And, and so we get in this mindset where that we're not satisfied with where we're at. And we should always be satisfied with our relationship with Jesus. I'm not saying you shouldn't always be striving to grow in your relationship, but you need to stop searching so much and let God's will kind of happen to your life. I grew up with, or not grew up, but I had two small children grow up with me, uh, Stacia and Carly, who are now teenagers. And if you've ever been around small children, they can say a word that will absolutely eventually drive you insane if they say it often enough. And some of them will continue to say it over and over and over again, and that is why, right? You ever had a kid why you nearly to death? It's just like, why is the sky blue? Why is it red outside? Why is it time to eat dinner? Why isn't it time to go to bed? Why is it time to go to bed? Why do I have to take a bath? Why do I have to brush my teeth, right? They will why you absolutely to death if you're not careful. And sometimes I feel like that's what we do as Christians, is we're just like, why God, why God, why God? Why is this happening to me, God? Why, right? We're just why, 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 why? I know what I've told my kids when they just about whined me to death sometimes, and I think sometimes God's telling that to us even if we don't hear him, which is, because I said so. You ever told your kid that when they ask you why so many times? You've just given up, given real answers, and you're like, because I'm the parent, right? I think God's saying that to us as well. We keep asking God, why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this? Blah, blah, blah. God's just saying, because I said so. Because I know the plans I have for you. Right? That's why you're going through those things you're doing. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We have to follow the path that God gives us. And I think of the path a lot of times as like GPS on your phone. Right now, if we are getting ready to go to lunch after this, I'm like, we're going to Zaxby's because Chick-fil-A is closed. So we're going to Zaxby's today, but I don't know how to get there. So I pull up Zaxby's on my phone. I type it in. If I walk out to my car and set my car, it's going to be like, okay, pull out of the church parking lot and make a right. Well, if I just sit there in the church parking lot, it never tells me the next step. It just keeps saying make a right when you get it to the out of the church parking lot. And I think a lot of times with God, that's what we're doing, is we're like, what's the next step, God? Why? Why? What do I do next? What? God's like, you haven't taken the first step. You didn't make the right out of the parking lot yet. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, 
Seek his will in all you do. Trust in those steps that you're taking. You have to take that first step before God will show you the next step. So while you're searching, don't forget that you're supposed to just be following the steps that God's laid out for you. Not, yeah, I know God's path is over here, but I'm going to look over here just in case. Or I'm going to look over here just in, you know, follow that path that God's laid out for you. And like GPS, it'll show you the right way. So how are you supposed to find God's will for your life if you're not going to be searching all the time, but you are, you know, connecting with people and you're growing with people? It took one more thing for me to really start to see God's will for my life. Because 11 years ago when I walked in this building as a first-time guest, I didn't think I'd ever be up here talking to you, right? That, that, I didn't see that as God's will for my life. But one thing I started doing that helped me understand that was I started serving in the church. And that's number four on your outline is serve others. Let me tell you a little secret about me. Don't tell anybody. Don't post it on social media or nothing. I'm really selfish. Like, it's all about me all the time. Like, where am I going to eat lunch today? What car am I driving? How good is my job? What clothes am I wearing? You know, it, it's all about me all the time. I'm really selfish. And, and I know you guys all have your little halos on out there. None of you are selfish that way. You're always putting other people's needs first ahead of yours and all that. I, I don't do that very well. I'm selfish. I can't help it. In fact, just nudge your neighbor and be like, you're probably selfish. Just, just give him a little nudge and just tell him you're probably selfish. Um, So this is what I found, though. When I started serving in the church, I started working in the tech booth, and I started serving with the youth upstairs 10 years ago or whatever. It's really hard for me to be selfish when I'm serving others. When I have a bunch of teenagers around me talking to me about what's going on in their life, I'm not thinking about what's going on in my life. It allows God to kind of just work in my life because I'm not so focused on me. I'm not, I'm not so worried about me. I'm not searching. I'm not... I'm not so focused on me, I'm just focused on others and allows God to kind of show me his will for my life. And I have to do this also at work because, like I said, I work in a corporate environment. You know, I, I have a team of like 15 people that report to me. I can't be selfish around them. I have to serve them. Even though I'm their manager in title, I have to serve them and that helps me understand where I kind of fit and what we should be doing, because I found that if I serve them, the whole team gets better. And that helps me, obviously, as well. So don't think of serving as just something you do on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights at church. It's something you need to do in life, is how do you serve other people? Because the more you serve, the less selfish you'll become. 1 Peter 2.15 says this, it says, for this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So if you do good things like serving other people, it will shut up the haters. That's pretty much the Brandon Keller interpretation of this verse. So do good things by serving others. It will silence the ignorant people around you, and we all have ignorant people around us. I'm sure you're thinking of one right now. Hopefully it's not me. Um, but now you're maybe thinking, okay, Brandon, that all sounds great, but how do I figure out God's will for my life? I'm already serving. Maybe I'm still searching, but I'm trying to stop searching, and I'm connecting with people, and I'm growing by reading my Bible, but how do I discover God's will for my life? I just don't understand it. Why, 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 right? That's what we keep asking. I want you guys to watch this video really quick.
So that was my friend Heather Ozy doing a little painting. And I wanted to show you that because I think a lot of times as we're looking for God's will in our life, we get so caught up on what's right in front of us. And when she started that painting, you had no idea what she was doing, right? There's just colors just kind of rolling around. And I think if you think of that as the fact that the artist, God, knows what the final result is, they see the big picture. All we see is that individual brushstroke that's happening to us right now. But God sees this masterpiece of a painting that he's drawing around your life. Don't get so caught up in that brushstroke that's happening right now in your life. You just see a selfish interpretation of your life. You don't see God's vision of your life and, and everything that's happening around you and all the places that your life is affecting other people. You just see that one selfish thing that's happening to you right now. So as you, as you think about God's will for your life and you focus on that and you're trying to figure out what that is, realize that God has this huge, beautiful plan for your life. And sometimes you're not going to see the whole thing. Most of the time, you're not going to see the whole thing. I'm still trying to figure out the whole thing. But God has this big picture for you. Don't get so caught up on the little details right now that you lose the big picture of what's going on. So just think about that this week. If, if you're struggling with something, if, if something's not going right in your life and you're kind of giving that God the, the why, 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 just remember he has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you. And that's that big picture in your life that he's working on. On your connection card, there's a next step that you're going to try to work on those core four. I challenge you to do that today. I'm going to ask the band to get ready to play. We're going to have the prayer team come up front. If you're struggling with God's will for your life, come up here and talk to one of these people. Let them pray for you. You don't have to pray with them. You just come up and tell them what's going on in your life. They will pray for you. And if you're one of those brave individuals today that decided to change your life and stop searching and give your life to God, I challenge you to come up and tell one of these people because confessing that you've made that decision to somebody is the first step in changing your life is getting it out there that lets somebody know that you've made that decision today to follow God. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to come here and talk to these people today about finding God's will for your life. God, I don't have all the answers and I, I don't pretend to try to. But God, I know that you have great plans for us, plans for everybody here to prosper us. And God, I'm just so thankful for that, for that promise that you've made to us. God, if there's anybody here today that made that decision to go from death to life, we're just so proud of them today for making that decision. Thank you, God, for the wisdom that you've instilled in friends around me to help me find God's will for my life. Keep putting those smart, wise people around me so that they can speak into my life so I can find your will for my life. Thank you for that. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.